0: Welcome to Craft Life Episode 9. Happy Knit Day. In this episode, I have a new podcast to share with you. We'll celebrate our creative freedom. Adam and I get a little nutty. And I've been crafting a few new items. All this coming up in this episode of Craft Life, the podcast all about living the creative life. Well, hello and welcome to episode 9 of Craft Life. Welcome back, all of you returning listeners. And if this is the first time you're joining me, I'd like to say a special welcome and hello to you. And I hope you stick around. Well, I am very excited about this upcoming week. Tomorrow, Adam and I are starting ballroom dancing lessons. Yay! This is something that I have wanted to do for ever, and thankfully, though Adam says he is not really a dancer, he's always been kind of open to the idea of ballroom dancing. He he likes the more, you know, the proper dancing, not the I'm going to go to the club and bump up against people kind of dancing. That's not real dancing. We're going for the, the real dancing, and we start that tomorrow, and I am so excited about that. It was kind of a last minute thing. I originally got online and started looking at the night classes available at the university that's right up the road from where we are living, and what I was looking for was not ballroom dancing, it wasn't anything close to dancing, it was Mandarin Chinese. Because really, what could be more useful to me living in the predominantly Spanish-speaking neighborhood that I do? No, but really, there, there's a reason I was looking for Mandarin Chinese classes. Many years ago, Back way back when I was in my college years, I spent a summer teaching English in Beijing, China, and it was absolutely fantastic. I had a ball. It was probably one of the best experiences of my life, definitely up until that point. I completely fell in love with China and with the Chinese people, and this is just an experience that has not left me, not since I've, I've come back home. And from that experience, one of the things that I've always wanted to do is to learn to speak that language. As well as learning to speak Mandarin Chinese, I also came back with the very great desire to eventually adopt from China. Um, I would absolutely love to adopt a little girl from China to become a member of my family. And thankfully, this is something that Adam seems pretty open to. So down the road, I'm, oh, I just have my heart set on that. I, I really hope that that's going to happen for us. And this brings me to the new podcast that I would like to share with you. It's called Clothed in the Lamb. And your host for Clothed in the Lamb is Janine Puckett. And the first time I listened to one of Janine's podcasts, I felt like I was meeting a kindred spirit. Janine has also taught in China, though I believe for far longer than I did, and she came back with the same experience. She fell in love with the Chinese people, with the country, and she has taken that step and already adopted a daughter from China. And it it really was, this is such a personal podcast for me, one that that, I, that really speaks to my heart and I just wanted to share it with you, and I encourage you all to go and listen to Janine. She has a fantastic voice. She does a segment called Mandarin Minute, so if you wanted to get a taste of the Chinese language, you can definitely get that from her podcast. And she's also just a very talented knitter, and she does cover some really great technical topics with her knitting, and she shares some other aspects of her life as well, so you can kind of get to know her and her husband and both of her two daughters. And she's really got a good thing going on over there. So go listen to Clothed in the Lamb. And until you can make it over there to listen to one of her episodes, here's a little bit of a teaser for you.
1: Hi, I'm Janine Puckett, host of Clothed in the Lamb, the fiber podcast from a mile high and beyond. Join me twice a month as I share about knitting, spinning, and knitwear design with a bit of Chinese thrown in for flavor. I'll review products and publications, explain little tricks I've learned in my knitting journey, and even say a prayer for you. And with each episode, you'll have the opportunity to win a fabulous Fibery Prize. You'll find Clothes in the Lamb on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, and Ravelry. And of course, at
0: www.clothesinthelamb.com. Hope to be talking to you soon. On July 4, 1776, the Continental Congress adopted the Declaration of Independence, announcing that the 13 American colonies were no longer a part of the British Empire and thereby officially creating the United States of America. Included in this document was a list of grievances against the powers that be, as well as assertions of certain unalienable rights. On July 4, 2011, people all over the United States celebrated the birth of this nation and the freedoms that they enjoy, as they do every year, with barbecues, fireworks, spending time with family, and ceremonies thanking the brave men and women who continue to fight to uphold those ideals written about in the Declaration of Independence. While this celebration is unique to us here in the United States, it got me thinking about freedom as it relates to our crafts. Crafting and creativity are some of the ultimate ways of expressing freedom, independence, and individuality. Though most of you are listening from countries that are a part of the free world, within all of that freedom, we are constantly being told what to do, whether we realize it or not. Go to purchase a new set of furniture from a ready-made room store. You are perfectly free to choose whatever room combination you desire from the 10 or 12 pre-selected combinations that everyone else shopping this quarter will also be choosing from. Fashion is another instance in which we are dependent on others to make the decisions for us. If the powers-that-be of the fashion industry have determined that this fall's colors are black, white, and gray, good luck finding that perfect khaki pantsuit you had your heart set on. This is where we as creative types have the upper hand. If we can't find what we're looking for out there in what's being offered, what do we do? That's right. We make it ourselves having the option to say no thanks i think i can come up with something i like better on my own stirs up wonderful feelings of independence i love the whole process of creation from the selection of materials to finalizing construction and a wonderful byproduct of all of this independent creation is the inspiration that it often brings to others tracy knits a lovely new shawl and posts the pattern on ravelry Samantha loves the shawl, knits it with a different yarn, and decides that adding beads would be an improvement. Ruth notices Samantha's shawl photo and falls in love with the bead design, which inspires her new spring jewelry line. It's a beautiful cycle, a wonderful example of the spread of knit-dependence. Whether you express your creative freedom by converting old wooden doors into new dining room tables, Experimenting with recipes to achieve the taste that's perfect for you, or just choosing a different yarn color for that sweater that everybody is knitting, I raise my glass to you and wish you a happy knit Day. Now with all of that celebrating, of course comes a whole lot of food. Now, in the last episode, I kind of threw out the idea of maybe sharing some some southern recipes with you on the podcast, and thank you so much to all of you who left me some feedback about that. So what I think I'm going to do is, I I think I am going to share a few recipes with you, and I'm not going to give out the recipe directions and ingredients list here on the podcast. I'll kind of give you more of an overview on it, and then if you would like the recipe, you can find it in the show notes. So today, I would like to share with you a recipe about a very, very special little Southern nut, the pecan.
1: Pecan. Noun. Okay, wait. De-
0: wait a minute. Go back. Try it again.
1: Pecan. Noun. Definition. Okay.
0: One more time. Make sure you say pecan.
1: But it's not pecan.
0: It it is pecan.
1: It's pecan.
0: No, I know that's how you grew up saying it, but it's pecan.
1: Well, you grew up saying pecan, but I don't want to pee in a can. I want a pecan. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just start this over. Pecan. Okay. A pecan. Otherwise known as pecan. Noun. Definition. A smooth, long, thin-shelled nut of a pecan tree. Usage. Example. I think I'll bring a pecan pie when I go have supper with the grandparent.
0: Have thought this humble little nut could be so controversial, and so it is. When I go to the grocery store, I get butter pecan ice cream. When Adam goes to the grocery store, he gets butter pecan ice cream. So, which is it? Well, I've done a little bit of research, and from what I can gather, it seems that neither one of them is really the correct pronunciation. The right way to pronounce the word P E C A N is Pecan. However, Merriam Webster gives all three pronunciations for that word. They give pecan, pecan, and pecan. So, either way you say it, you're probably in good company. Now, a little background on the pecan. It comes from, the word pecan comes from an Algonquin word that's used to describe nuts that require a stone to crack, which I guess I could probably see that. I usually crack them by uh, squeezing two of them together. Um, When I was younger, I would just stomp on them. (laughs) But anyway, there's your little new wrinkle of your brain, your trivia for today. And the pecan is is native to the central and the eastern North America and the river valleys of Mexico. So when I grew up, we the house that I grew up in, we... Oh, gosh, we had a front yard and a backyard completely full of pecan trees. And in the house that we are currently living in, there are two in the backyard. So every fall when the trees were ready, we usually spent picking up pecans by the five-gallon bucket load and getting them cracked and shelling them and freezing them for use for the rest of the year. It's actually kind of difficult living where we are now because as soon as they hit the ground... I have to work really hard to keep my dogs from eating them because they, they love these pecans. And another little interesting tidbit for you, the pecan is the state tree of Texas. So that's pretty cool, it's now my new state tree because I live in Texas. I do have a special recipe to share with you today and it is for pecan pie. And this is a recipe that I don't usually make in the summertime so much because usually the pecans come out in the fall. But it's definitely a staple at Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, Adam goes nuts for pecan pie. No pun intended. No pun intended. I promise you. (laughs) He loves his pecan pie. And the recipe that my family generally uses comes on the back of the K-Rose syrup bottle. So that's what we use. It's not a recipe handed down through the generations. It's It's the one on the back of the Karo syrup bottle, and it's actually a very good one. And that is the recipe that I'm going to leave you in the show notes, as well as link you to their website because if you've never made a pecan pie before, they do have a lovely little how-to video that will walk you step by step. So even if you don't bake at all, just follow this little video. It's absolutely a breeze. And if you have never made a pecan pie before and you do give it a shot, let me know how it turns out. The time has come, my little friends, to talk of many things and those things would be the things that I have been crafting lately. If you have been listening to the podcast for the past few episodes, you know that I have been working diligently on this 4x4 ribbed shawl. I've been making it out of the Alp Light. It's in a very pink colorway, and and you know this is the project that never ends and sometimes we have these. And this 4x4 ribbed shawl is mine. And I'm very excited to say that I I connected the second skein. I haven't finished, but I am over halfway through. So that is a milestone in itself. And this 4x4 shawl has become my, my, my knitting at work project. It's the one that I take every day. And on my two 15-minute breaks, I will put 15 minutes worth of knitting into this shawl. And hopefully, it's going to be one of those things where... I, I I will just be so used to working on it during my breaks, and one day I'll pull it out and I will finish it, and it will and, and I will just wonder how in the world it got from being never ending to to now finished, and I'll be astonished, and it will be great. So that is my hope for this four by four shawl. Along with the shawl, I've been doing um, a bit of, of beaded bracelet making. This is something that I haven't done in in a while, in in a few years. But, I, as I said last episode, I'm working on projects to include in my Etsy shop in October for Treacle and Ink Goes Pink to raise money for breast cancer research. And these beaded bracelets all contain some pink. They're not all completely pink because, let's be honest, not everybody loves all pink. But they all do have elements of pink. And and it's really been kind of nice. I forgot how much that I enjoyed beading. And, And... I don't think I'm going to be doing it all the time, but I think after after these few bracelets that I've made, uh, it's something that I will maybe try to do a little more often. I've been using glass beads and silver-plated beads, uh, and a few and a few acrylic beads, but but I'm trying to stick more with with the glass, and I'm really pleased with how they are turning out. So maybe I will throw a picture or two up for you and, um, and get a second opinion because confession time here. I'm a girl who does not wear jewelry. Okay. I wear my wedding rings and my engagement ring and that's it. I've never been a girl to wear jewelry. I think they're, I think jewelry is beautiful and I'm, I love to look at it, but I don't wear it. So, you know, sometimes when I make things like bracelets, uh, our necklaces. I kind of wonder, I kind of doubt, I kind of doubt if I'm doing it well, because I don't wear them. So I don't know. I'm going to, I will, I will throw some pictures of some of these bracelets up on the show notes. And if you feel so inclined to take a peek at them and to leave me some feedback, that would be fantastic because I know some of you out there do bead and make jewelry kind of regularly. And I'm assuming you also probably wear this jewelry regularly so i'll throw that out there and if you would take a look at it and let me know what you think along with the beaded bracelets and the 4x4 ribbed shawl i have also cast on the tangled branches hat this is a pattern by designer grace akram and i've cast it on in cashmere baby this is uh, louisa harding yarns and the colorway is 19 and it is a it is a pink that is really veering into a lavender. So it's, I'm, I'm calling it pink, but it's really getting close to a lavender shade. This is a chainette yarn. This is the first time I've knit with, with a yarn that isn't just you know, plied in a standard ply. And But I have to say, it's, it's really kind of, it's really nice. It is a sport weight yarn. It's 55% merino, 35% microfiber, and 10% cashmere. Now, I mentioned that this hat pattern is designed by Grace Akram, and Grace has been so kind as to allow me to also sell this hat, this one hat, in in my Etsy shop in October. I contacted her, told her a little bit about what I was doing, and she said, absolutely go for it. So... I would just like to say a big thank you to grace and i would also like to encourage all of you listening to go and check out her patterns because this tangled branches hat is is not the only completely gorgeous thing that she's got patterns for out there go and check her out and if you're interested grace also has a breast cancer awareness sock pattern that you can buy and all of the profits from this, this from the sale of this sock pattern go to benefit Susan G. Komen, which is awesome. Go on over and check out all of her other patterns too. I will have a link to both her blog and to her webpage where you can view all of her patterns on the show notes. So make sure you go over there and check those out. <music> That brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much to all of you who got in touch over the past two weeks. And thanks for you who have started to follow me on Twitter. We do have that new Twitter feed. The Twitter name is Craft Life, and it's great to see all of you signing up there on that. And just a quick reminder, I will be taking a very abbreviated holiday after episode 10 just to kind of recharge my batteries and get some things in the work for the next 10 episodes of Craft Life. So I will see you in the next episode, and then we'll have a little short break after that. You can find the show notes for this podcast at www.treacleandinketsy.wordpress.com. If you would like to get in touch with me, you can email treacleandink at hotmail.com or you can contact me on both Facebook and Ravelry. My name there is Treacle and Ink. You can come join the conversation in the Craft Life Ravelry group. You can also follow me on Twitter. The Twitter name is Craft Life. Until next time, thanks so much and have a great week.